0: Just after 10 o'clock here in the Capital Region, uh, live from the Stingray Studios in West Edmonton Mall, it is the Kevin Carey Show. Brandon Douglas sitting in as Kevin uh, makes his way back from Melville, Saskatchewan, where he spent the holiday weekend with his family back in the homeland. Uh, He will be back tomorrow and Friday to talk Oilers, talk NFL, lots of stuff to uh, discuss coming out of the holiday weekend of sports, but... In the meantime, we will continue to roll through our best of programming version of the Kevin Carey show. Uh, we heard from Paul Bizanet earlier in the program, so I figured it only made sense to dip back into his uh, co host on the Spit and Chicklets podcast and former Edmonton Oiler. Ryan Whitney, who hopped on with Kevin and Laddie earlier this Oilers season to talk a little bit about the team as well as uh, wits time in Edmonton. Whitney brought to you by Mr. Rooter. Mr. Rooter, there, sports fans like all our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. Here is Ryan Whitney.
1: Let's welcome in from Spitting Chicklets, Ryan Whitney, former Oiler defenseman. Morning, Whit. You're with Karius Schmid. Thanks for coming on Sports 1440. This is going to be a lot of fun.
2: Oh, yeah no problem guys thanks for having me Laddie you reached out haven't talked to you in ages I, I am glad to come on and chat it up the
1: what? dime piece <laughs> uh, I miss you buddy
2: <laughs> so I when, miss you too uh, uh, Laddie
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when you got the text you must have been going what the heck Laddie's on radio not what? swearing on I the did, radio I
2: did think that I said he what do you mean, that guy could barely speak when he's yelling at the entire team in the locker room to work out harder and get some muscles like he always had with his shirt off. But you know what, <laughs> if, I, if I can be on a podcast, Laddie can be on the radio, so I'm glad to join.
1: He's popular like you wouldn't believe in this city, With and he goes to the gym still at four in the morning.
2: Five. Of course five. he does, because he, he's a
3: lunatic. Yeah, <laughs> true that. Yeah, I had that side of me. The-
1: yeah, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, what you? I mean, you were here for several years, and you were always very jovial with the media. You always loved the, you know, the interviews and things like that when we talked to you. But did you ever think that from that point uh, at the end of your career, it would end up to be where you you know, the Spit and chicklets podcast, everything else that you guys have been doing, it would ever get to this stage? No,
2: no, not at all. It was just something to kind of start and and have a good time with at the beginning, post-playing, and and still talk about the game. So, I think, obviously, Biz has kind of ratcheted it up or made it it what it is in terms of uh, the popularity and and doing way more. I wouldn't have done nearly as much as we're doing now if it was up to me. But, you know, then, obviously, the Oilers, they start getting going. You see McDavid, you see Leon. I remember the fan base, the passion, and the disappointment, and all the struggles that we went through. Jeez, it was a complete battle and a complete grind. But I saw, and I remember watching when I was first in the league, the the cup final against Carolina and and the madness at the beginning of every year at Rexall. I want the team to be good. I'll always root for the team, but at this point, this year, I I might be done. I mean, I don't know what to say. I I, I love watching them for the most part until this year happened. I think the expectations were, were probably granted, but maybe a little out of hand just because because It creates the excitement and the thought that, oh, we're going to dominate every game and, and we're never going to be uh, struggling the way we even close to struggling right now. So it, it, it's just a shocking start to a year and, and a major disappointment because those other years, there weren't expectations. Yeah. We were bad. We were very bad. Yeah. This year... We were supposed to be the top dogs, or one of them, and we're now playing the Sharks for dead last in the league on November 9th? What the what, – what? I'll tell you right now, Biz said it, and I agree. They need to go on the road – yeah. And get completely waffled. All I of them, agree. And, to guilty. Well, and people, laddie, people laugh at us for that. They say, "What are you talking about, no, pro no, athletes?" No, no, I don't care. You have to go have a time with the guys and show up the next day guilty and earn a win. I don't know what else to say. Uh,
3: guilty, guilty games. I, I, also, guilty. I, guilty games are the best, man. They bring the group together. Like you can laugh all you want but it's been around for ages. Mm -hmm. You go on the road, get absolutely annihilated, show up next day, have great stories, you show up for a practice, You sweat it out as a group the next day game, and you usually perform. I, I had few guilty games. I haven't scored many goals. Most of my goals came on the guilty game.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny that both of you mentioned that because yesterday, and you know him uh, as we're, get, we're guesting with Ryan Whitney from Spitting Chicklets, one of the guys you know, David Schlemko. He's our co-host on Wednesday's Wit. So first thing that he mm-hmm. said yesterday, first thing that he said yesterday. The Oilers and they had the, the the rookie dinner Tuesday in Vancouver. Everyone should just go get plastered. Just bombed. Yeah. Um, you
2: know what? It sounds a little like dinosaurish, but I, I think it's just it, there's more to it than what it sounds like because it's something where every guy's going through the same thing. The pressure on this team is is out of control, and I'm not blaming fans. I'm not blaming the media. It should be. You got two of the greatest players any of us have ever seen, and you got like a team that the past two years has lost to the Cup champs. So the pressure's high, and then the expectations and all of it, and they probably just were hoping to you know cruise through the regular season you just want to get back to the playoffs well this league's too deep there's too much parity you can't do it and now all of a sudden it's like all right what do we do so with all of this coming together you just go old school You go old school, and the game's change, and I understand it, and it makes sense with the money and the youth, but sometimes you got to go back to the good old days, and that is, I didn't know they had Rookie Party Tuesday, so this makes sense. They're playing a little guilty tonight, and it's a legit must-win. I know that sounds crazy, November 9th. (laughs) Must-win playing one of the worst teams we'll ever see in the modern-day NHL.
1: The good old days, as we speak with Ryan Whitney. Did you have a lot of good old days with Ladislav Schmid, Whit? (laughs)
2: We had so many days. Unfortunately, let alone radio that you guys are on. I got a podcast. So you could say anything. We still couldn't talk about Laddie and I's good old days. So, <laughs> use your imagination. We had a great time. We, did. we had an absolute blast. I'll tell you, for those teams on in Edmonton I was on, mm-hmm. we had very close groups. We had yeah. great guys. I had Sean Horkoff was an awesome captain. Yeah. Laddie, Tom Gilbert, Tim, uh-huh. Donny, Cogliano, one of the funniest people I ever met. Yeah. The list goes on and on. It was just,
3: it was just a struggle. Left on the ice, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. The team wasn't good enough, man. Like it, it is what it is. But I agree. We yeah. had a we had a really really tight group, and it was enjoyable. You know, even through the struggles on the ice, you were excited to come into the locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, I I yeah. don't know how the gr- how the group is these days. Do they enjoy coming into the locker room right now? Probably not so much, man. I I can imagine because you Betz you know the city right. So, yeah. it's, it's getting crazy. It's, it's a panic. It's panic. And it's, it's, it's November 9th. Yeah. And it's a panic. full cool out
1: panic. <laughs> Ryan Whitney with us, Carrier Schmied on Sports 1440. Why do you think that you had, you've had you had this special affinity with our city, with the hockey club? You were on the scoreboard last year in the playoffs. Uh, they had a shot. He had just guzzling a 2-6 or a pink Whitney. The place went bananas. Uh, you've always had a special rapport with the city and the fans to you. Why do you think that is?
2: Did not have a rapport while playing there. I was actually despised, <laughs> I uh, which know I understand. That. I, wasn't I, don't know that. Good, I don't know about well, that.
1: No, I don't know about that.
2: Well, no. I've one year. I had one year is doing good, and then that was the last ankle injury. I was never the same, not even remotely close. But um, I think, I think, like I mentioned, I just love the passion. I, I, I love the fact that you know, besides the CFL team, Edmonton's a big city, and it's oiler. It's oil, hmm. oil nation. It's it's oil town, and so I feel, I feel as though they deserve success. They've been through a lot. Now, granted, they've had. Had like 17 first overall picks, but still they've been through some really, really dark times since the early 90s. So for me getting on Chiclets and then having that platform to be able to really pump up the Oilers and talk about their team, I think fans appreciated that. Mm. And I was kind of open and honest with uh, understanding why many times I caught some boo birds and some some chirps at the bar from people saying, why do you think so bad? But I I respect, I like, you know, Canadian hockey, I love how it means so much. It's everything. It's a religion up there. And so getting a chance to play there, even though we were bad, I appreciated the passion from the fan base. So I brought that into Chiclets. And I think that, Oilers, you know, you get the Toronto the Toronto media and the Montreal Canadiens franchise and, and, and then out west in Vancouver, but the Oilers, they kind of get forgotten a little bit, and me bringing them up on our platform constantly probably was appreciated by fans, so we have uh, some big-time mutual respect mm-hmm. for one another
1: now, I'll say. We kind of got to wrap things up, but... Whenever we have A former teammate on I always give the floor To them You got one question To ask each other Whatever it is Laddie you got the same thing For Wit. Go to it Laddie you can go first Or Witt huh. you can go first Whatever Question Question
3: I Geez Put on the spot here yeah. No but uh, I wanted to talk About the Sandbagger man I I watched it On social media And Do you have a chance Playing with Biss I know you have been I watched you have been Pretty hard on him. Does it? Does it? <laughs> have you destroyed his confidence yet, or he just oh, does, no, he just no, brushes no. it off?
2: He solid he's he's not a good golfer but he's very clutch and a lot of time. and he's a great putter and I think at putting Um, so we've had we've we've won 10 in a row and now the (laughs) next one I actually fly out to LA on uh, Saturday morning and we are playing Timu Solani and Jeremy Roenick so Mm. that's a big matchup Roenick's a great golfer apparently Solani's really good too if we win that one we may never lose again so that's kind of on my mind but I appreciate you watching anyone who hasn't watched spit and shickles on you. YouTube, check out the sandbagger golf matches. Um, my question for you would be, uh, yeah, oh, this is hard guys. There's not much I can ask them <laughs> unless we're privately chat. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you bet? What do you, what's your max bench right now? You still got the pecs ripping and the big, big old, I bypass? can't,
3: I had bunch of, I, I had b- bunch of neck surgeries, so I gotta be really smart. I don't go for the heaviest, okay. heaviest, but okay. b- don't worry. My body still looks, uh, in a pristine, pristine condition. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, You know, six to eight back. uh, You know, just the old laddie, laddie daddy. All
2: (laughs) right, I got one more question before I got to run. Kevin, it's for you because I got tagged in all the stuff about the show today and I clicked on your Twitter. Why did you block me? Why am I blocked by you? (laughs)
1: Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. I, yeah, Shame on you, Kevin. I I'm leaving the, the, the show. What right did now? I do to you? I don't know. I honestly, uh, as, you, as the Duke or producer will tell you, I'm not exactly the massive social media guy. I don't recall right, that. Well, give me an unblock. Give me an unblock. I'm going to do it right now. Over. I'm going to find out how to operate this computer, and I'm going to do it with. Sorry, big all guy. Right, all right, guys. Uh, wow. Thanks
2: for having me on.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Gladdy, I'll
2: talk
0: to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I promised you. So I'm looking forward to it. See you guys former NHL defenseman and former Edmonton Oiler Ryan Whitney taking some time out of his uh, very busy schedule with his uh, vodka with spitting chiclets with all the golf they play uh, between him and Biz to hop on with uh, his former teammate Laddie and Kevin earlier this fall Uh, funny enough right before the Oilers lost to the Sharks when uh, the season might have been at its lowest point uh, back in action against the Sharks tomorrow are the Edmonton Oilers Whitney uh, brought to you by Mr. Reuter Uh, there's a reason they call them Mr. for all your plumbing needs go to Mr. Rooter c a coming up our final guest during our best of edition of the kevin Carey show here on sports 1440 will be local boxer and former pro who uh, fought against some of the biggest names in the business uh, kenny lacusta another uh, interview that stretched uh, over the course of uh, a full hour technically with kevin laddie and kenny so uh, we broke it up into two spots here we'll get the first half going right after the break here on the kevin Carey show on sports 1440 Welcome back to the Kevin Carrier Show here on Sports 1440 1020 in the Capital Region uh, coming to you live from the Stingray Studios in West Edmonton Mall. Brandon Douglas sitting in for Kevin this morning. Uh, He will be back tomorrow and Friday as we uh, preview and recap Oilers Sharks and uh, look ahead to the rest of their Western road trip over the weekend rolling through our best of edition of the Kevin Carrier Show. Uh, one final guest for us this morning before we uh, turn things over to Connor Halley and Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, I will be partaking as per usual. But we've got to Kenny Lacusta, local boxer, uh, fought against some of the biggest names in the business uh, coming out of our city. Uh, a proud Edmontonian. Uh, Kenny was kind enough to join us in studio back at the start of November, sitting in with Kevin and Laddie. Kenny is uh, powered by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. Here is Kenny Lacusta. Ken Lacusta. This comes from Oliver
1: Steve. Kenny's one of the toughest dudes to ever come out of Edmonton. Sparred with Mike Tyson. Rocked George Foreman with a monster overhand right. Fought at least 10 guys ranked in the top 10 in their careers. Took a prime Tommy Morrison to a decision. Fought at least five guys who at one time held a piece of the heavyweight title. Burbeck, Bruno, Dokes, Holmes, Foreman, Tyson. Called him one of the toughest fighters ever. As we welcome in Ken Lacusta to the uh, Sports 1440 studios. Ken, thanks for coming in. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, I mean, that that kind of sums up a lot of things in your career. Um, let's just kind of go back to the start of it. Uh, when you first wanted to get into boxing and, you know, you, you, you got into it because of the love of the sport... And you were pretty damn good at it, too. But just go back to kind of where you kind of, the, the initial stages of getting into boxing.
4: Well, I, I started out as a, in kickboxing. I went like 17-1 and one as a pro kickboxer first. And uh, the money was decent back then. Like, I used to make like about three, 4000 back in the late 70s mm-hmm. when I kickboxed because that was pretty good money back then. And uh, then I thought, you know, there's so much more money in boxing. I was kind of boxing as you kickbox. You learn to box and, you know, a lot of the uh, beat the world cruiserweight champion kickboxing and he beat me once I beat him once mm-hmm. and then I, I went into boxing and it, it was a, it's a tough road there's so many good fighters out there and if you want to make money you always have to fight uh, if, if you want to make 15,000 25,000 50,000 per a fight mm-hmm. you can't be fighting just guys and building up a record and be 35 wins and be a big a, a, a guy that everybody wow what a good record but you're not making no money you got, if you want to make money you have to fight a real guy and then, and then, they, then you get paid
1: well, I think the biggest—you uh, know—we were just watching Ladislav Schmid and I. We were watching some old highlights mm-hmm. of yours, and uh, the big one I think that everyone recalls the most because it happened here was George Foreman in 1990. Uh, what were your uh, what are your recollections of, of that fight here at Northlands?
4: Well, it was it was it was a lot of it was a lot of uh, pressure, you know, because he was my guy. I used to always like cheer for him when when I was growing up, and I'd look at George Foreman and think, wow. He's, he's so strong and he's such a big guy and I never dreamt that I would fight him you know and uh, all of a sudden you know I, I, was, I had this fight with him and I always say to the people you know I, I always feel good. I went three rounds, and people say, "Well, geez, why do you, why do you feel good about going three rounds?" It's well, Joe <laughs> Fraser only went two, and, and Jerry Cooney only went two, so yeah. I was I pretty happy with that. But he he's a very he's a very hard puncher, mm-hmm. strong guy,
3: Laddie. I'm yeah. starstruck yeah. a little bit. Like I I love listening to these stories, man. Like I'm honored to be in the same studio with you. It's it's great, and just saw sparring sparring with uh, Mike Tyson as well, like how hard is it to come out of like canadian city or you know and get out there get your name known and then now these all these like great boxers wanted to fight you like how how did you do that like well
4: i i didn't i didn't really do it i just kind of was in a position where they at the times uh, they needed to fight uh, if you want to fight People, you want to get paid for You have to, you have to fight good guys. Mm-hmm. Anybody can build a really, really good, strong record, and you can fight guys that aren't so good. And then all of a sudden, well, what's your record? Well, it's twenty-five and zero? But you've you only made a thousand bucks a fight, mm-hmm. and you've beaten everybody. But it's it's like anything else. If you want to try and get to the top in boxing, it's like hockey or football. You got to go with the best and see how you, how you fare up against them.
3: Uh, who was? Can I just ask? I know George Foreman, but who was your toughest fight or? Who was the toughest opponent? I think opinion? I
4: think my two toughest fights was uh, Tommy Morrison when I when I lost a, a decision to him and Willie Dewitt when I lost a decision. Hmm.
1: The Tommy Morrison fight. You said that Tommy Morrison had probably the the toughest, the hardest punch.
4: Yeah he, 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 yeah, he was by far. He Well, here's a guy, Tommy Morrison, he doesn't really get a lot of, well, he does get a lot of credit that he punched hard, but he knocked out Razor Ruddock in two rounds. Mm-hmm. Ruddock went twice with Tyson, 12 rounds. Mm. And he hit him with the left hook, and he was, uh, Ruddock was out for like 12, 13 seconds, out cold. Mm-hmm. And he had the same thing with me. When I fought him, I remember when there was 18,000 people at the Mirage Hotel. And I was fighting Morrison, and it was a real dirty fight. We we're hitting low, and <clears throat> he's a dirty fighter. So I, and oh, yeah. I kind of had that kind of thing where if you're going to be dirty, then I'll be dirty back. So we were hitting, being really nasty inside, hitting low, and doing different stuff. And I'll tell you, he uh, he hit me low in the third round, so I, I stepped over like this, and I was I leaned down with the right <laughs> hand. Uh, of course, you got to have it up, but I was really uh, really pissed at him. So I go to nail him, and, and yeah. as soon as I would to nail, I got hit with that left hook. And all I remember is. Laying on the canvas, and all of a sudden, Mills Lane, that big referee, oh, yeah. all, all I hear is Mills Lane go, four! <laughs> and I wake up, and all I see is heads, but I was knocked out cold, and I just see heads. So I jumped up at six, he wiped my gloves, and then I made it to the end of the rest of the round, and fourth, fifth, and sixth round, I did really good in those rounds, and I ended up losing a, a, a decision to him, but he he's a very, very aggressive hard puncher.
1: What was and he was just kind of coming up, right? He was just starting to make a name well, for himself, well, Tommy Morrison. In
4: the next two fights later, he beats George Foreman. Mm-hmm. He was he was quite up as when I fought him. That was his. Uh, I think he was. 20-0 when I fought him he was he, the thing about Morrison is uh, people were scared of him but I had a big uh, big black f- sparring partner there was a friend of mine that was with me with Tyson his name was Tyrone Armstrong he used to be on the national team he kept saying to me Kenny you can beat he, well, I was in Vegas and he said you can beat this guy but you got mm-hmm. to you got to fight him inside and hit him and slow him down a little bit so I tried that and you know, did the best I could with him, and he—he's a—he's a strong guy. But uh, it was really nice. See, I remember after the fight, I was leaving, going to to back into the hotel, and mm-hmm. there were like eighteen thousand people there. Wow. And as I was going back in, I feel this big hand on my shoulder, and I look around. And it's Big Jerry Cooney. He, said, oh. <laughs> he says, "What a fight!" He says, "You guys really hate each other." He said, "That was a good fight." He said, and so it was kind of—it was interesting. Uh,
1: Ken Lagusta is our yeah. guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with Ladislav Schmid on Sports fourteen forty. Um, I want to circle back to the uh, George foreman fight because it was here Um, what was it like preparing for that fight of that magnitude that you knew you're going to have that such a support from your hometown
4: well it meant a lot to me you don't know because the hometown even now like the years have gone by uh, i I retired in 1995 and still the people uh, around uh, like the other day i was with a a couple of business people and with we're With a couple of business people in mcdonald 's having a coffee and 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 three people come over they want to take selfies i mean you know this is like 1995 I retired i yeah. mean i really like, i like I like stuff like that it really bodes well for the city because the city's a real sports city, and they like to you know they like to back their sports. Uh, Scotty Olson, mm-hmm. Al Ford, all the people before me, before me, and with me, did box. But uh, yeah, it's 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 nice to to fight in your hometown. The only thing that upsets me a bit, with the George Foreman fight, which is kind of upsetting, is HBO was going to do the fight, and then three days before the fight, Seth Abram, the head guy for HBO, pulled out of the fight, oh. and that cost me like two hundred fifty thousand US extra. Ooh, not for that. Back then, and then after, that's tough. yeah, then after that. He said after the fight, he said, "Oh, I wish we'd have just left it. It was because it was a full packed house, and it was an interesting fight. So yeah. there was, it's, you know, you get these these things happening." Eh? Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I was just gonna ask back to, so whenever you had like a dirty fight, right? Like, would it stay in the ring, and then you could like kind of go out for a beer with the guy, or or, or would it be like? hate off the out of the ring as well? Well,
4: it's a good question. It, a lot, I guess for some people, it's hate. Like, you know, look with Joe Frazier and with Muhammad yeah. Ali. They kind of had that. It seemed like a hate on, but not with me. I mean, we would finish the fight and we'd be friends after and stuff. Mm. Not friends, but we would see each other and talk and chat. Yeah. And I still see guys now. I remember I was in, in Tokyo sparring with Mike Tyson, and I fought this real tough guy that out of Los Angeles and They marked the Chill Wills big guy we fought in Jakarta Indonesia and he was like I remember when he took his robe off there's like 6,000 people in this big auditorium packed house and he took his robe off he was six foot one and 232 solid like yeah. we took his robe off and the whole crowd goes Ooh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god and I ended up fighting, and they stopped that fight I got stopped in the eighth round but he won the Stroh's tournament in LA at the Fabulous form. he's a mm-hmm. big time fighter he's the only one to knock out Greg Page twice and I mean, uh, uh, you know, but I I seen him in Tokyo. He was sparring with Tony Tubbs, and I was sparring with Tyson. And they were fighting. And he says, geez, Kenny, you mean him went for a coffee? He says, geez, Kenny, you're lucky. I said, lucky? I'm sparring with Tyson. He says, yeah, well, there's five of you guys, but there's only me with Tubbs, and I go six rounds every day with him. He's a hell of a fighter. So it was kind of funny. Uh,
1: Ken Lacouste is our guest on Sports 1440. Karius and Schmid with you on a Thursday morning. Uh, you brought up the, the Tyson sparring in Tokyo uh, a few times. Um, can you sort of discuss what that was that all entailed? Because he asked you to come back again. Uh, yeah, he, he asked me.
4: Yeah, he asked me to come back to with, with Michael Spinks. I was going to get uh, the same money, twenty five hundred US a week plus a ten thousand bonus. But this time, instead of the ten thousand bonus, he was going to give twenty five hundred a week in New Jersey because he's fighting Michael Spinks and a brand new car, whatever you wanted to buy, you buy your brand new car. And I still said no. It's, <laughs> it's too rough because it was really rough. We, it, there were two times in my career where I sparred with guys that it was hard to handle. Like mm-hmm. I sparred with Tim Witherspoon, lots very good fighter, Pinklin Thomas, world champion hundreds of rounds Scott Ladue hundreds of rounds the guy from Minneapolis but when I sparred with these two guys you had to really do your homework because you get knocked out there's guys that they were knocking out in the gym and then they drag them out and the next guy comes in one was uh, Jerry Cooney Mm -hmm. and one was uh, one was Mike Tyson, but speaking of Cooney, I was sparring with him and he was fighting Larry Holmes. And Holmes was uh, undefeated, and this was 1984. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, were, they were paying me good. I was up in the Catskill Mountains in New York, New York, and then up to the Catskills, a <clears throat> big Jewish resort. And I was waiting there. I remember the first day like it was yesterday. I had my shorts on, uh, hand wraps on, and all of a sudden. It was a big Jewish resort. There was a big glass thing. Mm-hmm. A helicopter landed, and down comes a helicopter from New York and lands, and out comes big Jerry Cooney out of the <laughs> helicopter, and he runs into the thing. And I'm thinking to myself, holy man, I'm, I'm sparring with a guy that's coming from New York with a helicopter. I mean, got to be sparring someone good. And sure enough, he was really a, a, a tough guy to spar with. That's for sure.
1: Uh, text coming in to 1833. Four zero one fourteen forty. 1440 and uh, you did mention this uh, boxer's name as well. This comes from Pat. Does can have any contact with Willie Dewitt? I loved watching all the great Canadians back then. You mentioned Scotty Bulldog Olson, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, another one, and uh, um, and we'll get to the second part of your question, Pat, in a little bit.
4: I do. Yeah, that's a great question too. I uh, just talked to the Hilton brothers in Montreal. They they called me, a friend of mine. I used to train from Vancouver's there on business, and they called me on a conference call. And they, of course, the Hilton brothers were were machine fighters out of Montreal. And uh, speaking of uh, Willie DeWitt, yeah, that was a, I'd never talked to him. I Just one time, me, him, and George Chevalo did mm-hmm. a dinner in Calgary about 1991 or 92. Because you fought Willie twice. Yeah, yeah. And me and Chevalo and him did a dinner, and it was just it was a great time. They had the three. Mm-hmm. all got up and had a nice uh, a big dinner. There must have been a couple, two, three hundred people there at a big club in Calgary. It was just really nice and kind of like 3 X ex-heavyweight champions. But the, people don't really understand the, how tough the fight was with me and DeWitt. The first time, because here's a here's a guy that won a silver medal for uh, mm-hmm. his, for, for Canada and uh, fighting in Alberta where he's from, and me, I'm from Alberta, and it was just a, a wired up electric fight there at the Northlands Coliseum, packed yeah. house. To, I think it was the biggest crowd ever for two Canadian guys fighting each other. I think fifteen thousand. Wow, uh,
1: Rockford text in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Getting back to the beginning part of what we were talking about, your initial uh, foray into boxing and things like that. Uh, do you think if the UFC was around uh, when you were in your prime, would you have had a good career? Would you have kind of gone that direction, taking into uh, your account of kick kickboxing training and boxing abilities?
4: Yeah, I think I think I would have had a good <laughs> chance, but I I would have just had a good chance, but. I, my older brother was my instructor. He was a Canadian Grand Champion two, three times, and he was a heavyweight, and he was a tremendous wrestler. My oh. oldest brother would have, if he would have UFC would have been around, he was a heavyweight as well, about two hundred and five foot eleven, about huh. two twenty, and he was my instructor when I started kickboxing and, and boxing. Had it been UFC been around, he'd have really been good. He'd have been, he'd have
3: been right up there with the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I Honestly, I, lo- I like MMA, yeah. but I like boxing even more. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just such a traditional sport. I, I, just, I just love it. Um, just wanted to ask you, what are you doing now? And is there any upcoming young Canadian boxers that we should be excited about?
4: Yeah, there, we, we have the, uh, uh, one from Edmonton here. <coughs> uh, I train a couple of young fighters, one, okay. one 12-year-old, one 15-year-old, and, uh, and of course, Ethan Hallaby. He's 2-0 he's as a pro. He's uh, uh, six foot one and a half, and he weighs about one hundred and sixty-five pounds, one hundred and sixty pounds. A real good puncher and a real nice kid from a nice family. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy training him. You know, icing on the cake is when you train somebody that. Uh, also is a good person and a nice human being and a kind person mm-hmm. you can see it in him you know he he speaks nine he's always thank you always this and he just a, just a nice so that it adds a lot to, to training somebody when you train some, it's just like a coach if you're coaching a, an mm-hmm. NHL team I still feel in my heart uh, like Craig McTavish was a heck of a coach had he had a little more more horsepower see mm-hmm. people always say oh geez uh, Angelo Dundee is such a good trainer well yeah Sugar Ray Leonard and Muhammad <laughs> Ali I mean it's pretty nice when you got those kind yeah. of Guys, I mean, if, if if Craig McTavish might have had a, a Connor McDavid or, or some of these top players, you know, as Craig Craig fair. didn't have didn't have those type. And and I like them because I like guys that that fight through uh, adversity and mm-hmm. things aren't going good. You're, you're still uh, working hard and you're being a, a, a professional. And I I like our team now. I, I really like the way our team looks now. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about our team is a couple of the guys aren't playing to the way they were drafted. you know and, and one, I just love this guy's it. Tremendous skater. Darnell Nurse. Mm-hmm. Tremendous skater, but we drafted him. This is a big brother that can fight a bit. This is a big <laughs> brother that should be tough. He should be like like you were <laughs> in front of the net. Like in front of the net, yeah. nobody should be sitting there and trying to deflect pucks when he's there. He should be pushing him right out. He should be rough mm-hmm. in the corners, and he should drop the gloves. Whenever. big. Deal. I don't care if he's getting $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. The guy's bothering somebody else. You drop the gloves. And if he does that kind of stuff, you get this, more space this is, this and everything. Is, this, yeah. yeah, it gives everybody. This is a this is a tremendous athlete from a family that they're all mm-hmm. athletes, right? So mm-hmm. we got to get the most out of the people. The same as in boxing, when you have a boxer, you have got to make sure that you're getting the most out of that guy, and he's doing the style that he should be doing when he, to win.
0: We talked about a lot of the box. That is uh, Kenny Lacusta, who was in a studio back at the start of November with Laddie and. Kevin, uh, we'll hear more from Kenny coming up just after the break. Uh, Kenny is energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Uh, we'll step aside for a quick break and when we come back, more Kenny LaCusta on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Welcome back to the Kevin Carey Show 1040 in the Capital Region. Brandon Douglas sitting in for Kevin today. Uh, he will be back tomorrow as we uh, tee up Oilers and Sharks back to our regularly scheduled programming here on the kevin carey show but for today we wrap up our best of edition of the program with the, the second half of our sit down with kenny lacusta and this second half of kenny is powered by cougar paint and collision our family helping your family for over 40 years CougarCollision.com. coming up at the top of the hour is fantasy frenzy with myself and connor halley and then uh, at noon we'll have a Bit of a hybrid edition of the uh, lowdown without low tide. Uh, Both Alan and Declan uh, also enjoying the extra day off. So it'll be half more best of Kevin Carius, and then uh, the second half, some best of the Jason Greger shows. That's uh, wrapping up the first half of the day. And then uh, the Jason Greger show will get underway at two o'clock with uh, Connor Halley sitting in for Greger as we also run a collection of uh, Greger's best of interviews over the past four months. But, before that, uh, we will wrap up here with part two of Kenny LaCusta.
1: We talked about a lot of the boxers that you fought, Ken, and one of the guys, I, I did a story on this guy about uh, five years ago. I passed away, Danny Stonewalker. Uh, he was a local guy as well from Fort Mac. Yeah. Um, uh, passed away, uh, fell into depression and and whatever. His daughter, Poppy, I interviewed her, was a really... Uh, emotional interview, obviously she loved her dad very much, um, what do you recall about him um, because it was that was kind of uh, near the end of your career I guess and yeah. I guess near yeah. the end of his as well uh, what do you recall about uh, Danny Stonewalker uh, and what he meant to the sport of boxing Well,
4: <clears throat> I remember Danny Stonewalker, me and him sparred a lot of rounds he was a tough guy, I fought him ex- as well mm-hmm. I stopped him in the 8th round yeah. he just fought Michael Moore in, in Detroit and he uh, he was when he was fighting Michael Moore. Michael Moore was undefeated. Michael Moore was really people were scared of him like they are scared of Tyson. He was a big heavyweight and he was the, the champion. And, and Danny Stonewalker fought him, and, and in Pittsburgh, at the, where the Penguins play hockey, the old arena, Igloo, yeah, Igloo. The igloo. And and Danny come to the weigh, and, and Emmanuel Stewart was uh, the the trainer for uh, Michael Moore. And Danny walked in there with uh, with Murray Gregg, that used to be yeah. the Sun writer for the uh, sports for yeah. boxing for the Sun. And, and Danny walked in with the t-shirt that had a big Indian chief on it said, I fear no more. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked in, and Emanuel, and these black, all the brothers that were looking at this guy like, who's this guy? Think he is? This is Michael Moore and you, you fear. So, anyways, in the fight, uh, Danny went eight rounds with him in a, for the for the light or for the cruiserweight championship, and and he got stopped on cuts in the oh. eighth round. And Danny was a tough, tough warrior. He was a he would lay it all out there
1: on, on the in the ring. That's for sure. Uh, so, Laddie, did you? I mean, you fought quite a few times and stuff. Did you ever take like boxing lessons? I know. Daryl Duke did some with George Laroque and things like that. Anything like uh,
3: that for you? in you? in in the summer? I would uh, I would uh, yeah do a little bit of boxing as part of my training. Mm-hmm. Um, be like I always try to encourage young guys. Like even with the Oil Kings, some of them are like mm-hmm. y- you feel like they're a little uh, uncomfortable in uh, rough situations, or they don't feel you know uh, you, you just you just feel they're not yeah like comfortable in this situation so like I really encourage younger guys take boxing lessons mm-hmm. uh, it's good for your cardio it's great for part of the training because we always do everything like we, we do cardio with our legs right mm-hmm. it's a full body it's totally different it's like it's, it's really hard to spar or just punch back but it, it gives you confidence too like, it's huge for confidence, and, you know, I, I don't, like, the new generation, I don't think they believe in it, mm-hmm. but I really want to encourage even young hockey players, you don't have to even fight, but you just have another tool in your toolbox, yeah. you know, you know what you're doing out there, besides, it's a great cardio. So, like, I I talked to some guys from Oil Kings, when I played in Czech, we actually, we actually had a guy from uh, Players Development, and he's big, big, uh, big on boxing, Jan Ludwig. He was a scout for New Jersey. He played here too in the NHL a little bit. Um, and that was his thing. He would take all the young guys and he would spar, spar with them, like just at the arena. And you should see the confidence mm-hmm. boost it gave the young guys. Um, his, his son uh, just made it the Penguins. Uh, and his routine was I. They train out of Kamloops, uh, so his routine would be his son would wake up, run, uh, go for a, for a gym, and then he would have almost every day boxing lessons. Mm-hmm. And his son Johnny, a pretty tough customer, but it would be almost daily. And boxing was a big part of his training. Like yeah. I, I honestly wanna. If you don't have confidence, or you know, you don't feel comfortable on the ice in these rough situation. Just give it a shot. You don't have to do mm-hmm. it every day. Throughout the summer, like once, twice, three times. I did it usually three times a week. It gave me a confidence boost, and I, I felt comfortable. It's totally different boxing on the ice and off the ice, mm-hmm. but it, it is, it is, uh, I, I found it really, really helpful to me. Yeah.
1: I, Kenny, I, you can uh, draw that parallel.
4: Yeah, so. I agree 100% with him. I, I, I still say see confidence. If you don't got no confidence the Calgary series when the Oilers played Calgary and beat them mm-hmm. when they beat them I can remember 15, 20 times Evander Kane talking to these every every person that's <laughs> going off the ice with Calgary and th- this guy actually won the series for the Oilers he was good yeah. because yeah. what he did is he intimidated all the guys like the other day on the ice I mean, what are you guys going to do about it is anybody going to do it yeah. you know intimidation is such a big deal and if you know how to box this is why I always like for years I've tried I've lived in the city I've, I've tried to get in to the Oilers dressing room and talk to the players and just say to them about confidence and what it's going to mean to them if they have some confidence. A little bit of this, Go, da- dating myself a bit. Now I went back years ago with Kevin McCullough. He used to play for the Oilers. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. Third line center, Iceman and a tough guy. And he wanted to learn some boxing, so I was helping him with boxing. Yeah. So all of a sudden he gave me tickets to the game after <laughs> showing him how to box. And he was a tough guy, and he was oh, he was really, very He tough. was a tough guy, and he would work really hard. Oh, can he? And I've been doing this. I said no. I said. This, you, every time you punch you have to breathe ha, 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 I told him because he would hold his breath and I says if you get a breakaway from the blue line in, do you hold your breath no you breathe <laughs> as you're going in you don't hold your breath and so sure yeah right so but I'll, we do forget uh, breathe yeah you like forget to breathe like- yeah they want to get them in there and they don't want to breathe so all of a sudden Kevin says Kenny I got you some tickets for the game it's yeah. a real package I think they were playing Montreal I gave them. They, me and my wife went to the game we are sitting there and all of a sudden they come out for the. You know, first they warm up and I wasn't there for the warm then I come I'm I'm waiting there, sitting in my seat or standing in my seat and all the Oilers <laughs> come out and they made a big and Kevin McCollin skate around all of a sudden he looked where I was not and he waved and I, thought to myself, I said to him I see what honey it's just like if they are playing peewee yeah. the, the guys admire people and people like if they learn something they yeah. like it And it's a respect thing and yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's really cool I'll never forget that because he, he waved at me and I thought to myself wow is that really neat you know because that's a thing that you never forget
1: well, you, uh, we're that's with awesome. Ken Lacusta uh, on Karius and Schmid's Sports fourteen forty. Ken, did you did you have a lot of um, uh, you know work or whatever, friendship and things with Dave Semenko? Because it was during that time, you know, where you know you were fighting in the mid eighties, and you know Semenko was kind of coming up, and you guys had similar you know passions, roles or whatever. Even though yeah. Dave Semenko didn't fight a lot. Yeah. He didn't the nice, fight a lot the of nice
4: thing about Semenko, it's yeah. funny you bring that up. The nice thing about Semenko is he didn't have to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> he beat everybody up. You know, Dave didn't have to. So I never really had. I talked. Yeah. I knew, I knew him yeah. and said hi, and we had our, our you know discussions about fighting and stuff. But he didn't need, need any work. But I did a little bit with with Messier mm-hmm. those type of guys, and 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 you know I always I always respected the fact that these guys come in. You're looking at a guy like Wayne Gretzky and, and Mark Messier. These guys were 19 years old and 20 sitting on the Bench playing against men that wanted at that time, young guys weren't supposed to be as good as they are, and mm-hmm. these guys from New York or Pittsburgh wanted to crush them and play mm-hmm. very physical against them. And you know, it was it was a tough go for those guys. So confidence, the confidence that they had, it takes a lot of a, a lot of balls to do what, yeah. what Gretzky and all these guys did because these guys are coming
1: at you wow. pretty hard. And wow. the fighters on the, I mean, all the you know the enforcers, if you want to call it. Can you kind of relate to the job that those guys had on the ice, I guess? Well,
4: I think if I could could relate to them, it's just like almost every game. You don't even have to be a tough guy. The way they are playing now, and this is what I would like to tell the guys – Every game is a is a thing where you 're going to have to have your confidence with you mm-hmm. you 're going to have to play the team game and you 're going to have to have your confidence that 's going to be the biggest thing. See if the confidence leaves you you 're thirty percent of what you are mm-hmm. because then you 're not going after your check. See, I like to do like what what Dennis Rodman said. I like to go after it. Mm-hmm. See, if the puck's in the corner, and if I had anything to do with these guys, I say, listen, go and get the puck at any cost. You get in there and do it. This is this is your, your third, fourth line. If these guys are trying to put the puck in and at the first and second line. This third and fourth line, and, and they're great players because they made the National Hockey League. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're in the fifth line, sixth, you don't, but you've got to be as a team, and you've got to be go as one, and same as boxing. You have to have the confidence. If you have no confidence, you're not going to beat nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ladislav Smead, Smead made that perfectly clear. If you don't have the confidence, and he said confidence about three, four times, yeah. see, I, people don't realize that that's that's the key. That's going to wreck your career or make your career. Confidence.
3: It's it's that's, that's a crazy separa- thing. It's that's what separates you. Like mm-hmm. this is the crazy thing. Yeah, your are between, between, like, your, between ears. your ears. Between your ears. Like honestly, like I I believe like ex- except for the five percent of the superstar in the yeah. NHL. The rest is pretty close to each other, Mm -hmm. like all great athletes. But the head makes the biggest difference. Like confidence, confidence, like uh, in in confidence Mm -hmm. is everything. Your 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 head is everything.
4: Ken Lacusta with us. Uh, Sorry, Kenny, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like you know, when when you got your confidence going then you can you can throw a better left hook, you're more aggressive, you want to fight when your confidence is with you. When your confidence is with you, you're in good shape, you dotted all, all the eyes and crossed mm-hmm. all the and with hockey, the same thing. When your confidence is there, you go in the corner with a chip on your shoulder. You don't, someone push you, you push them right back. Someone hits you with a stick, you hit the stick right back. You've got to be a tenacious player in this league if you want to stay. It, obviously you've got to do everything else. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. the speed they go and stuff, but you have to have confidence, and, and, and if I had Anything to do with them, I would make sure that these guys are, are reading books or listening to people that can help build that up because that's a, we used to do that in box with Anthony Robbins. I'd read his book, I did this, I did that because it really plays heavy on you. I remember one fight if I could go back to uh, the, when I fought Larry Holmes fight Larry Holmes in Biloxi, Mississippi and they got a big sign in the front of the, the casino it says Larry Holmes versus Ken LaCousta Budweiser it was a huge sign and uh, get into this fight now and the night of the fight and big red uh, uh carpet kind of a, a see-through curtain like a red one and Larry's on one side and I was on the other side so now the USA TV comes up and says Kenny uh, they want to do an interview for you so I did an interview and they put the lights on I did a little bit of shadow boxing for them all of a sudden they go <laughs> over to Larry now and now everything, the light goes on, and all of a sudden, I see this big black shadow, and I know Larry's got the best jab <laughs> in the business, and all of a sudden, I hear, hoo, hoo, he's, and, and he's hitting his pad, and it's so hard, and I said to myself, geez, what can, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, thinking, and I could see this big black shadow doing this, and just it, it really had to I set up my brain there. I had to go yeah. back to the confidence. Say, "Hey, you worked hard for this fight. Stay down, keep your hands up." And I ended up getting I ended up getting sixteen stitches here, and I, they stopped it in the eighth round. But he was just he was probably the best. Larry was probably the best fighter I ever fought. Hmm.
1: Former Canadian heavyweight champ, uh, Ken LaCouste is with us on Sports 1440, Karius and Schmid. Where are we, uh, Ken, in the um, Edmonton boxing scene, the state of boxing? I mean, COVID, you know, it it hurt a lot of things. Boxing was uh, one of them. I mean, where are we at? Like, uh, are we in a good spot? Are we moving forward here? Yeah, we are. We're in a real good spot. We In Canada,
4: there's two main cities that put shows on, Montreal and Edmonton. They're, they're known as the two biggest boxing uh, cities in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's always good to fight in Montreal, and it's always good to fight in Edmonton. We used to have TSN or, or, or uh, uh, Sportsnet, yep. all the fights. I used to do them on the TV for at least 10 or 15 fights on, I think, Sportsnet. And uh, right now, we got some good young fighters. i got a 115-pounder that's moving up. i got another one that, that's Ethan Hallaby. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Ethan Hallaby is a, a guaranteed uh, Commonwealth champion, Canadian champion. He's going to be a very good fighter. How far he wants to go is like we've all been talking about, his confidence. But we have to remember, you've got to out-train everybody. I remember uh, Floyd Mayweather. We're, I had the lightweight champion of Canada, and we were sparring with Floyd Mayweather about 10 years ago in Las Vegas. And uh, Floyd went through three sparring partners, and we were the la- we had uh, Mario Lachowski. He was a Canadian lightweight champ, and he was sparring with, with Floyd. And we we went in for around seven, eight, and nine. And right after the session was over, Mayweather was there. He was doing sit-ups. Here's a guy with <laughs> millions and millions of dollars, and he just had a, an eight-pack. And I said to him, uh, once he was sending some money back to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and me and him were in line. I was picking up some money from Edmonton, and I said he. Had, He had this big platinum chain around with (laughs) about five million, and he said, "I says to him, I says." How do how do you stay training so hard? And he said, I, and, and you got all this money, and you train so hard. And he looked at me. He says, you know, I'll tell you why. He says because when I go and I look, and me and the Spanish guy, wherever I'm fighting, we get head to head there, and just before the fight starts, and we're looking at each other. I say, okay, you you might be in the same shape as I am. Okay, I'm probably in better shape than you are. So just let talent come out and see who wins, who's got more talent. Mm-hmm. And and if you do the stuff that Floyd said work hard, train hard, and have that confidence and, and be prepared. You know, you've got to be prepared, Then, and you get got the talent. Then you have a chance to, to go on and become something. But you cannot let one of those things stop, because if one of those things stop, you're not going to go far. And, and that
3: that happens to a lot of boxers.
1: Yeah. I mean. Floyd
3: Mayweather. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, what is it about him, like, undefeated? Like, yeah. It, he's just, you know, see, he's the kind of guy,
4: he, he just – doesn't want to get beat. I remember uh, talking to him a couple times, and Floyd said, you know, guys told me, oh, Floyd's got this, these beautiful girls, just, just love them, these blondes from San Diego and all over the place, and he's got a book with 200 names, this is before he was married, had a book with 200 names, and Floyd would take that book, and he'd throw it in the garbage for three months, two and a half months, and he would just train. And the mm. book would go in the garbage because he doesn't want to get beat. And if you prepare like that, whether you got a hockey team, whether it's a little league baseball team, if you're the type of coach that can see the best coaches in the entire world are the coaches that can get into the computer. Once you can get into the guy's head, get the guy doing what he's supposed to be doing or how he's supposed to play for, for your team, not for anybody
1: else's team. Then you can move up as a team and, and, and win championships. You, you know, our city has been blessed with so many, um, great boxers. Ken, you're one of them. I mean, Scotty Olson, uh, Jelena Mergenovich. Can't forget about Jelena. Oh, my she's, friends. Done, yeah, Jelena yeah. Yeah, she's done uh, remarkable things in the sport. Uh, uh, missing a couple things just a couple guys off the top of my head can that have yeah. come through here oh, and, the Stone um, Danny Walker Denton Stone yeah and uh, oh yeah, well Al, Al Ford Al Ford
4: probably of all of them uh, yeah. he was probably he was the pioneer probably probably the best of them all
1: and he was you know, one of the first yeah, I
4: remember when back in the, we were training at the Panther gym and Al was fighting Boom Boom Mancini Chicago, mm-hmm. Chicago Stadium, and Al was would always miss training. Mm-hmm. So Al come one day and just one day to train. And he's fighting Boom Boom Mancini, the number one contender in the world in Chicago, yeah. and Al hit the bag once, and Al says, "Ah, I just don't feel like training." I said, "Well, Al, you're fighting in a week. He says, ah, I'll do. I'll be okay." Yeah. The next uh, fight happens in Chicago now, and. For the first seven rounds, Bancini has just beating the crap out of Al. All of a sudden, eighth round, Al starts stepping over right hands and catching him. And all of a sudden, he ends up losing a ten-round decision. And the whole Chicago stadium gave Al a
1: standing ovation. You know, that's cool. Um, we're going to kind of wrap things up here, Ken. But I wanted to kind of end on, you know, the boxers. You always see it and you, you hear. It, you know, the health isn't there. Your health, thankfully, is there's there. Um, you you know you're you're all together and like that can't be said with a lot of boxers. You know that better than anyone. But I always recall the end of that story that we were showing Laddie in the break. You're talking with uh, Vinnie Pazianza. Uh It was in Vegas, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And Vinny, because it was uh, at I believe it was Larry Holmes or, yeah. or, or 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 was it George Foreman that came by? Well, Can you no,
4: kind of just tell that story? Yeah, we, I was talking with Vinnie Pazianzi and we were just chatting about boxing. And he all of a sudden there's people walking by and all of a sudden the guy walked by now here Vinny Pasian he's like one, uh, one of the greatest best. lightweights and yeah. someone walks by and says, uh, he's a Canadian and said yeah. hey look there's Ken Lacusta. he fought George Foreman and Larry Holmes and Vinny looks at me and he says you you fought Larry Holmes and George Foreman I says yeah I, I says I got stopped by Holmes in the 8th and and third round with with Foreman. no 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 you 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 won and I said no no I I, I lost both fights no no he says you won he says hey they don't talk like you talk mm-hmm. so it, it makes you feel mm-hmm. good But hey yeah. you always want to win and Stuff, but when in in golf, if you can beat the number three guy in the world in golf, if you can beat the number six guy in the world in golf, you're really doing something. Mm-hmm. I kind of relate the boxing to golf. You know, when you fight guys number two in the world, I remember I fought Trevor Burbick, number two in the world, and the fight was very close in the tenth round, and I ran out of gas in 1983. Mm-hmm. Burbick was a heck of a fighter; he <laughs> won the world title right after that. So, as long as you can give it a good goal for your city and for your fran- for yeah. your fans and for the people, I mean, it's 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 a great
1: thing. Well, Ken, Ken, thank you yeah. enough for coming in. I mean, Laddie was talking about this last week and he goes, well, this would be unbelievable.
3: So, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it's even better than I imagined. Well, that's, honestly.
1: It's just great to share all the stories and you do so much in the community. Uh, I know you're a proud Edmontonian and thanks for coming in and, mm-hmm. and being just great for the sport and for our city.
0: That was former pro boxer, a heavyweight champion of Canada, Kenny Lacusta, uh, wrapping up the well, first four hours of our best of the Kevin Carey Show. We'll have a couple more interviews that Kevin did uh, earlier this fall uh, with Rob Ray, former NHLer, and then as well as uh, Chris Cook, motivational speaker from right here in Alberta. That'll be coming up during the first hour of the Lowdown without Low Tide. But uh, first at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with Halley and Douglas. But before then, let's get to a sports 1440 update.